0: I think we should get started with a daily affirmation. Jason Durham, what do you have for us? I would say that the listeners of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country are the smartest people on earth. If
1: I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck. And I'm probably going to need it, My luck is going to change Paul Bunyan Country.
0: Today, smart listeners, you are going to get even smarter. No thanks to me. However, we do have Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service and Craig Dickmeyer out of the Brainerd Lakes area joining us, and they will certainly add to your knowledge base. It's all coming up next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. The Fish and Paul Bunyan Country podcast is sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, it's been too long, so we got to get on the show. Jason Rylander from Rose Country Guide Service joining us, even though he's nowhere near Bemidji today. But uh, Jason, welcome back to the show. Hey, Kev. I'm sitting casting a jig wrap on
2: Ottertail as we speak.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're down at Ottertail Lake, a lake you're pretty familiar with. Uh, that's your old stomping grounds, right?
2: Yep, yeah, I grew up down here, about uh, 20, 30 minutes south of Ottertail Lake itself. But uh, spend a little bit of time each summer on here. Been doing this Lundmania tournament now for the last. Oh, four or five years, I didn't have it last year with the COVID situation, but uh, fun lake to fish. It uh, is a lot like Lake Bemidji, a lot, a lot of fish, not a lot of bigger fish, but boy, if you want to come out and get some meals, in pre-fishing yesterday, we kept eight fish, got some fish for the freezer for my
0: mom, so she was happy. <laughs> yes. So who are you fishing with this in the tournament?
2: My um, good friend, Dan Fuller from Bemidji. He's caught a few
0: uh, fish in the past.
2: Yeah, he's a little bit better at fishing probably than I am, so he's a good one to get down here and uh, have in the boat with me.
0: What What are the rules for this particular tournament?
2: Um, catch, photo, release. Uh, typically, they have a spotter in the boat with you. This year, kind of with still some of that COVID stuff going on, they're not doing that, but it'll be a catch, photo, record, release. You know, just take the pictures and uh, hand in your card and your camera chip or card at the end of the day and... Then we sit around and wait and find out and then the top ten get announced and the top ten go uh, in the parade in New York Mills and have a little ceremony and stage stage set up there uh on Friday evening.
0: Okay. Now the uh the the tournament uh it's just the biggest what how many fish?
2: Uh six in this one. Biggest okay. six in, and with the catch photo release format, if you catch six thirty inches you get to measure six thirty inches or count all of them. So
0: if you catch six thirty inchers you'll be like the MVP of all time. If I catch
2: one thirty incher, I think I'd be really excited.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned the fact that yeah, there's not a ton of big fish on that lake, so it'll it'll be a challenge. Yeah, I typically if you
2: get in that seventeen eighteen pound range, even with the catch quota release, so I'd be pretty confident you're going to be right up there.
0: So Ottertail Lake is is really been in the spotlight this year. Governor's Fishing Opener was was in Ottertail County. Um, you got this. This annual tournament here, and it's going to be the uh, NWT, the National Walleye uh, Tours National Championship in September. So, yeah, uh, it's getting a lot of pub this year.
2: Getting a lot of getting a lot of play, and it's a it's a great lake and uh, fun to fish. Just, I mean, I think I've caught a walleye here in the last couple of days on just about everything—a jig grab, from just Lindy rig and a minnow, bobbers, pulled some spinners.
0: I'm going to be very interested. When the uh, National Walleye Tour Championship is played out there, what kind of weights those guys are going to be able to bring in?
2: Absolutely. And we were just talking about that this morning. It's like, if I don't have anything going that weekend, it might be a fun weekend to come down here if the weather's great. Just spend the day cruising around and watching those guys
0: fish. I feel it, it, it's going to kind of be like a lot of golfers like watching the pros in the U.S. Open when they make the course so difficult that they have bad scores like we do. Um, same thing for this is they 'll be catching fish that aren 't that spectacular that we normally see them catching
2: exactly exactly there 'll be well, there 'll be different strategy for them absolutely with you know they 'll only have to have their two overs and you know they can 't cull in that one. I think they 'll be looking for a lot of eighteen and nineteen inch fish just to fill their basket that day with with some nice unders right.
0: I was talking to Garrett Sevier, and I've, I've talked to Eric Osberg a little bit this year, and I feel like the Otter Tail, considering the fact you got a, what a thousand plus lakes here, I feel like that county gets overlooked a lot, uh, considering how rich it is as far as fishing goes.
2: Oh, the tremendous fishing all around this area! I mean, I was blessed to grow up here, and when I was a kid, I certainly I kind of was a homebody and fished these couple lakes right next to my hometown in Ashby, and. If I could go back, boy, I I sure venture north a hell of a lot more and, and get out and chase some fish up this direction. But between great walleye fishing on some of the lakes, and the pan fishing is second to none. I mean, it's world class. I, mean, I know a ton of guys that spend a lot of money in the winter and, and time coming up into this area just to chase those bluegills and crappies through the ice.
0: It is, uh, that is the one thing it is really well known for is panfish. There aren't that many. I mean, we're working hard with the, uh, with the panfish uh, group to to get big panfish back in more lakes, and we're we're pretty blessed up in in, in the Paul Bunyan oh. Country area, but boy, yeah, down there, but,
2: uh, we're blessed enough where I have I have a hard time driving down here in the winter to chase panfish. <laughs> I don't I don't have to I don't have to go too far from my house with some of those small lakes I've got up there in Turtle River, you know,
0: right. But uh, the but, but for the for the vast majority of the state, Otter Tail is uh, that's the that's the crown jewel of panfishing.
2: Uh Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, let's talk about the Bemidji area. I know you do a lot of guiding up there. What's, what's been going on?
2: Boy, the fishing has been just fantastic since I have had no issues since opener through last week when I've had guide trips, putting fish in the boat and catching fish and having fun. Um, I've been spending most of my time on the smaller lakes, uh, bouncing around, kind of fish are biting here, fish are biting there and just having a great time. Um, big turtle has been really good for me hot the panfish out there uh, getting a bunch of nice bluegills mixed in with the walleyes and a few smallmouth bass mixed in black duck lake i spent a ton of time on this spring that was some just tremendous fishing again not a lot of big fish but it's it's what people want to catch they want to they want to bend in their rod and something to eat when they go home that night and it's been uh, some of the better fishing i've had in the last few years really
0: Man, I am I am really surprised, to be honest, considering how weird the weather's been, that the walleye fishing has been so consistently strong, really, throughout most of the lakes.
2: Yeah. I've seen water temps multiple times, you know, touching that 80-degree mark already. And then all of a sudden, it's we got over on the lake this morning, and I'm, I've been chilled since we got out here <laughs> just because I'm used to 85 degrees every day. Nice little breeze and in the 60s, and dang near wish I had jeans on.
0: You know, the weird thing is uh, a couple of the lakes that we would typically expect to be really strong haven't really been this year, and a lot of lakes we don't hear a lot about are having spectacular years.
2: Yeah. Water temps raise so fast, and the fish are in shallow where you can get in there and they're not so weed-choked yet. You know, we're starting to see those weeds really come up now, but early in the year it's a lot easier to fish those shallow areas and, and not have to fight the weeds like you do starting kind of now. And that's what I've been concentrating on most of the time is shallower fish and weed lines are even in the weeds. I had that crew out last week and they're like, "Wow, it's been so hot and calm. Are we gonna? We'll we be fishing pretty deep." And I'm like, "I don't think we'll get much over your head." And we've got most of our walleyes in eight to twelve feet.
0: Well, the beautiful thing about uh, about those weed edges is it's, it's not just walleye. If they're not biting at that time, there's you know every other species of fish hang, hangs out oh, there too. Yeah.
2: That's just it. Between the pike and the bass and the, and the panfish, you're setting hooks quite often, Keep, keeping people busy and keeping them reeling in stuff, and that's, that's what makes the trip fun and memorable. It's very, get on some of those other lakes or deeper stuff when you're fishing just walleyes. All of a sudden, it's, it's a four-hour trip, and you only get to set the hook eight times. Now, granted, those eight hook sets are all walleyes, but <laughs> you don't get anything in between or any, any, any variety.
0: What are you finding here in the last few years, the bulk of your uh, uh, guide clients looking for? Are they looking for action more than a specific fish, or are they still just all about walleyes?
2: No, the last two years, I think, and it comes back to the COVID situation where I've got a lot more people... With more time on their hands, and they just want to give fishing a shot while they're up here on vacation or whatever. And most of those people are like, I ask them, I'm like, well, what are you looking for? What do you want to do for a trip? And they're like, you know, we just we want to set hooks, some reeling, some fish. We're not, we don't necessarily care if we keep any. In fact, we probably don't want to. And and those trips are fun because then you can go screw around on some of those smaller lakes and drag some live bait around and just, you know, between if you put a minnow on most of our lakes, it ain't hard to. Ain't hard to let them set the hook on some pike pretty consistently all day, but but you get bass mixed in and some and some walleyes mixed in, and it's a lot of fun. It's fun for me to be steady with the net, especially when you get some kids involved. You got to keep that. If you can keep the kids happy and busy, mom and dad are always happy whether they they set a hook or not, right?
0: Absolutely. That's uh, as a parent and a, now a grandparent, I I can concur with that. That's for sure. Right. Um, one of the things I found recently, as as I've talked to people, is it, I don't he you know I don't think I hear a lot of people going out actually going for pike, but they're not as opposed to them as they used to be.
2: No, I well, in fact, I just got a call a week ago, and the guy booked me for August, and he just wants to go fish pike. Oh, okay, which is, and I've got a couple lakes that I go. If somebody asks me that, I'll go where I've got a little bit uh, bigger pike. Where we're going to catch some, some of those five, six, seven, eight pounders. Yeah. A little more consistent than you do on some of the other lakes where it seems like, you know, they're, they're so stunted where it's all those 20, mid 20 inch fish. So that's what we'll be doing. And yeah, it's kind of fun for me because I'll take them out with, I Target Pike, I like to go deep and fish with those big minnows and every once in a while you dumb into a big walleye while you're doing it. So (laughs) it's a fun trip for me as well.
0: You mentioned uh, Big Turtle. What a great lake that is. Um, it's got everything in it. It's a beautiful lake. It's uh, fun to fish. I know people who live up there probably don't like it when I bring it up, but it's, it's a gem.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to get in trouble for bringing it up. But, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll spill some beans. One thing that's happened out there, you know, they've lowered the bluegill limit to five. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happened in the last few years, but size, quality of bluegills out there right now is amazing. Um Uh, the the crew i just had out there we kept uh their limit of bluegills which was you know 10 fish the two guys and um but every single one of them was at eight to nine inches those which to me is the perfect eater
0: yes yeah that's that's the perfect ones you want to keep and then anything above that is pretty much the ones you want to put back
2: exactly and and you know matt was guiding out there the other day and had a had a kid catch one just shy of 11 inches and that's a big bluegill anywhere and uh Got some pictures and let that one go. But yeah, for me, my favorite bluegill to eat is about an eight, eight and a half incher. Those are the, if I went out, those would be the five I kept. And anything bigger than that, I'd let go just so that's going to keep, keep bigger fish around in the big yep. fish make more bigger fish, right? Absolutely. That's, yeah. Um, Selective harvest, I think, is really important with those, with those, blue, especially bluegills.
0: That is really, really important because we've seen what happens when you don't, you catch a lot of potato chips.
2: Yeah. yeah, they get they all get too small, stunted, and tough yeah. to go out and get a meal of bluegills when they're all four to six inches long.
0: Well, if we're going to be out fishing this weekend, uh, where would you send us? Uh, not, not necessarily a lake specifically, but where on the lake would you send us? What should we be throwing out there, and uh, is there any specific fish we should be going for right now?
2: Well, a little bit of everything is biting. Um, I've been spending most of my time in the cabbage weeds or on the edge of the cabbage weeds, dragging my night crawlers around like i always like to do because then you could catch a little bit of everything like i said you get you get your bass bites you get your walleye bites you get the bluegill bites and uh you're just looking for that broadleaf weed and that eight to twelve feet of water and i don't think it matters which lake you're on i kind of spilt the beans on where i would go (laughs) but uh yeah fishing remains remains real strong real good as we go into july (laughs)
0: By the way, my conversation with Jason occurred yesterday. He was pre-fishing for the tournament that's actually going on today on Otter Tail Lake. And it's not the only tournament he's getting ready for. He's on the committee and will be fishing in the second annual Lukens Village Foods United Way fishing tournament. We'll talk with him about that later on. But up next, we're going to check out the Brainerd Lakes area with Greg Dickmeyer. This is Fish in Paul Bunyan Country.
3: Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing
0: trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Making his Fish and Paul Bunyan Country debut is Craig Dickmeyer, well-known angler over in the Brainerd Lakes area. Craig, thanks for taking some time. Hey,
1: Kevin, thanks for having me on today. I sure appreciate it. Um, yeah, let's talk some fishing.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, Brainerd Lakes area, pretty well-known fishing area, no question about it. Give us just kind of an overall how you would describe the Brainerd Lakes area to somebody who wasn't real familiar with it.
1: Well, Brainerd Lakes area, but um, uh, a pretty, pretty heavily tourist area, um, but we have uh, just a ton of lakes here. We've got the whole Gull Lake chain, which I think consists of about 11 or so lakes that are intermittently connected, and you can travel to any of them. Uh, go a little bit north of there, we've got the whitefish Chain. Uh, I think that's got like nine different lakes in it. Uh, and in between the two, we have Pelican, which is one of the larger lakes in, in the area. All, uh, all three areas uh, support uh, a wonderful fishery um, and, a, uh, and, a, and a, a growing and, and vibrant uh, recreational area.
0: You know, and then if you go just a bit beyond Brainerd Lakes, I mean, within about ten to fifteen minutes, all of a sudden you're you're in the Crosby area, and there's a ton more lakes. And then you got Malax, not that far away either. You, you just uh, just like us up here, you have too many lakes to choose from some days.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, like I said, Malax is probably from where I'm at is less than an hour. You got Leeds that's less than an hour uh, north of there. Yeah, go uh, go east, and you got Crosby and the whole area over there the mine pits uh in between us and leech you have the whole hack and sack longville area the woman lake chain um man i tell you what if you got some free time we got plenty of water to fish <laughs> yeah
0: you need more than some free time if you want to, if you want to hit them all
1: <laughs> well yeah re- retirement uh is is probably one of the better things
0: (laughs) hey craig tell me a little bit about yourself uh obviously you're a well-known uh angler in in the Brainerd lakes area uh how did you get into fishing and hunting and outdoor stuff and uh how did you make your name in the biz
1: well good question i guess uh just a just a passion for fishing um watching uh watching the rod tip bounce watching a bobber go down is uh has always been a thrill um as I got a little bit older the uh you know in fishermen was was getting started, and the linders were were very important in developing and everything that we probably do today in the in especially the walleye world uh and they're they're based here in, in the Brainerd lakes area as well so that's uh that's a great foundation to have um oh because of the the in fishermen and the professional walleye trail and stuff like that we started fishing some tournaments down on malacs and and uh, we were somewhat successful there um, over the years, and then uh, and then it just I got a chance to move up to the Brainerd Lakes area, um, which like we've described before has got so many lakes here. I don't know if you could fish every one of them in a lifetime, but uh, uh, just a, just an opportunity to be able to do that and explore um, like new new ideas, new things uh, to consider. Malax. Um, being what it is when you come up to the Brainerd Lakes area it's a whole different way of fishing so that was kind of a kind of a neat thing about uh, learning a new way to fish so and and then some opportunities to fill in on some guide trips and and uh, some charity um, tournaments up here which were real real special to me um, it really gave you a, a good feeling to get involved with camp confidence and fishing has no boundaries and, and that kind of thing so um, that, and, and I, I like talking fishing. Um, I've been with Northland Tackle for about seven, eight years, and, and I do a lot of shows with them, uh, the ice shows, uh, Northwest Sporting Goods shows, uh, an ice sh- a show in Fargo, a uh, uh, show in Sioux Falls. So I really like traveling around and meeting new people and, and kind of opening their eyes to some things that uh, that we do here locally and uh and learn from them too and uh, that's kind of a special thing is you learn something about their local areas and the way they fish and maybe you could bring some of those back to the to the places that you uh that you frequent and, and maybe try out some new stuff greg where are you from originally uh south st paul minnesota um from the cities um and have opportunities to move north a couple of different times lived in elk river and then up here it's been kind of a Steady push just to move north and uh, kind of away from the cities. South St. Paul, home of the Packers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> well, Craig, um, <laughs> you, we know you love walleye. I can tell by your uh, by your uh, email address you're a big walleye fan. Um, how's
3: oh, the walleye? Walleye warrior. Yeah. Yes,
0: walleye <laughs> warrior. How has the walleye bite I, I, been? I had, a war- I had a warrior boat at the time that that all came about. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Okay, it's a little commercial venture there.
1: Um, well, yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, no. But it's also descriptive. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's, that's uh, and I and I think anything that I had to do with crappie was already taken. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the walleyes. How has the walleye bite been? Uh, first of all, overall this spring in in the Brainerd Lakes area, and uh, and recently.
1: Um. Well, let's let's preempt that by saying Mother Nature has been not overly friendly for us um, anywhere in the areas that we've described. Um, started all with opener, water temperatures were, were fantastic where you really wanted them to be, the spawn was completed. Uh, and, and when we got out, um, it, was, it was fantastic weather, but, but no wind. On, on some of these uh, lakes, walleyes are wind-driven uh, in their ability to find and, uh, and get prey. So, opening weekend was a little, was windless. Um, those people that uh, said, "God, it'd be nice for a little wind." Uh, the next weekend, Mother Nature did bless us with some wind, but uh, thirty to forty mile an hour winds. So, no. <laughs> so she was uh, she just she just playing a lot of tricks with us. Um, and obviously, throughout that time, we we've had some some really uh, extreme temperatures. Um, there was a week ten days um, that we were in the ninety degrees uh, at points in time that you normally don't see those temperatures. So the water temperature warmed up, oh, my gosh, uh, um, incrementally. Um, We saw temperatures in the mid-70s, second week, third week of June, where those typically don't happen. So uh, some of our lakes started progressing beyond what the dates actually called for. We were fishing mid-summer mid tactics earlier than we ever have, which meant that uh, fish were being driven out of the... uh, some deeper haunts, typically that stuff that you would find in in July and August, so to make those adjustments and uh and and according or the the presentations accordingly was uh was kind of a oh you know it it, it took a little bit to get things figured out but once you once you started looking at where the fish were located and how they were located um you know we were using bottom bouncers and, and crawler harnesses uh say up on Leet's. And probably malax too, way way sooner than than you typically would.
0: Okay. But
1: given that, uh, there's always going to be fish in the, in the weeds that they offer a, a refuge, they offer uh, food, uh, comfort, that kind of thing. So there's still always going to be some fish in the, in the weed lines, uh, cabbage beds, that kind of stuff. Um, so you can you can uh, get to those fish with uh, with bobbers. Um, that's been a, a pretty common theme around the uh, Leech Lake area and around here, too. Uh, zebra mussels have presented a little bit of a challenge. Uh, they seem to connect onto the cabbage stalks and kind of fold them over a little bit. So some of our our really, really nice weed beds have, have been hit a little bit by by that. And it's clear to water up, too. Uh, I think everybody knows that. Um, and that lends itself to uh, maybe some uh, earlier fishing, some later fishing. Obviously, we have a, a, a big recreational presence here. Yeah. Um, anybody that's been out and tried to fish a mid uh piece of structure on the whitefish chain or the gull Lake chain knows it can be somewhat challenging. Uh, but being that as it is, you just have to adapt to it. You, uh, you fish earlier, you fish later, um, and maybe try to get out sometime during the middle of the week.
0: Yeah, the uh, the zebra mussels certainly it's uh, starting to affect the lakes in the Bemidji area where I live as well, and uh, they they change things. They really do. I mean, fish fish seem to thrive in them and and be fine. It's it's the anglers who have the hard time adjusting.
1: Yeah, that's 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 the thing, and uh, and and like I said, it, we just have to adapt to the changing conditions. We just can't keep doing the same old thing that we've been doing for years and expect the same results. I think isn't that the definition of. Uh, Crazy or something like yep, that. Do yep. the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but uh, no, that's as we as anglers. That's that's what we do. And you know that tackle manufacturers have have, uh, have looked at that and, and saw those things that need to be done. So um, again, you just have to adapt. Uh, we've great electronics out there. We can pretty much find fish wherever they live, um, and uh, and you just have to uh, react accordingly.
0: Well, I'm not going to ask you to give up any super secret lakes or super secret spots, but. You know, uh, a lot of people are familiar with the kind of the big lakes that we talked about earlier in the Brainerd Lakes area. What are some other decent lakes that the people who live in Brainerd know about and get a decent amount of, of pressure because of that, that that maybe those of us who don't live in Brainerd
1: wouldn't be aware of? Um, well, I'm probably going to get a few phone calls later today <laughs> or whenever this thing airs. But uh, um, a couple of smaller lakes that I, that I really like going to just because it uh, doesn't have the recreational traffic. Uh, uh, Hubert Lake Hubert would be one of them. Super super uh, clean lake. Got a great population of, of fish all the way through it. Got a couple of uh, uh, summer camps on the lake. So at at worst, you're you're having to look out for sailboats and paddleboards and that kind of stuff. But nothing that's really rolling up the the lake too bad. And and got some great structure and uh, and great panfish. Uh, another one would be Lake Edward, uh, that's kind of uh, a little bit east of uh, over Merrifield area. Another great lake that doesn't see a lot of pontoon traffic, but uh, not so much for for the big wake boats and that kind of thing. So um, those are kind of the lakes. Edna is another one here just uh, on the north side of Niswa. Those those lakes uh, are are just underutilized, I think, as far as fishing goes, um, can be quiet, um, and that's to me. As I get older, that's a little bit more important, I guess. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, just just little lakes where you can, you know, you're probably not going to get that 21 uh, foot Ranger boat in there, or, or or big Skeeter, or a big Warrior, or something like that. But if you've got a small boat with some decent electronics on there, you certainly can. Uh, and in the mapping that we have, whether it's uh, still paper or, or a chip that you might have, um, you know the the lakes are are mapped very well, and should be able to pick out some structure and, and be able to uh, pick apart any one of these smaller lakes. Tell us,
0: let's talk a little bit about crappies. You love crappie fishing as well. How has that bite been?
1: That that has been good. We usually look to start out. Uh, we'll, we'll just kind of run a little seasonal. Uh, run down here but uh we're usually out on the lakes maybe a day or two after the ice goes out um, and and you know from that time up until about memorial weekend that's that's my my crappie season or at least my spring crappie season so those those fish can be had um, you know anything that uh Small little jigs, uh gypsy jigs, firefly jigs, that kind of thing uh that Northland puts out. Uh, got a little feather hackle on there, a little attractant and uh, and tip that with uh I like using fathead minnows, uh bigger bait, bigger fish. Um so that's that's my my take on, on that whole deal and, and we fish those up until about uh, Memorial Weekend lay off of them a little bit uh, let them recoup and then uh once the summer goes and the weed beds get established then we're uh then we're running some small little spinners that we make up um you know spinner blades about the size of your thumbnail and the uh the cabbage beds that are that are up and and viable um we pull we pull small little spinner baits with some plastic on there um, through those uh, boat sinkers and uh, pull those through the cabbage beds, and that's where those fish are hanging out for for most of the summer. Um, fall time, I'm kind of looking forward to that again. You know, say Labor Day till ice up, uh, those fish start progressing into their winter haunts. Uh, they're suspended over deeper water. Those fish can be uh, can be seen uh, extremely well, and uh, we're pulling some uh, some maybe some three-way uh, rigs through there with uh, with. Maybe small again, small plastics or fathead uh, minnows, that kind of stuff, and uh, and picking those off. Then, so that's kind of the extent of the uh, the open water season for crappies, and uh, and there's there's some nice crappies. Uh, everybody likes crappies in the springtime because there's the first fish to catch and probably some some of the easiest. But uh, the stuff in the summertime and and the fall time is way overlooked. Well. <laughs> And getting the
0: crappie angler to tell you where they're biting is a, is a very difficult thing to do. So I'm not even going to attempt that. I understand there's some secrets in the crappie world. It's kind of like morel, kind of like morel mushrooms. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I got. But uh, you're right. I mean, people love crappies, and most you know a lot of lakes have them. And certainly, it sounds like the Brainerd Lakes area has got plenty of lakes that uh, you can catch crappie in. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah.
0: So, um, what else is going on over there? um
1: well not uh walleyes again because of the because of the weather swings that we're having they're just i wouldn't say you know if you could go out and, and there's a absolute crusher uh technique or or uh, a crusher time people that are well versed in in a few different presentations like i said in um, some of these wind-driven lakes, if the wind happens to be up and, and you're totally comfortable being out there, whether you're anchoring, you're spot-locking, uh, or, or whatever you're doing, um, you know, especially up on Leach. Leach would be a great example of that. If the wind's up uh, early in the morning, later at night, um, you know, there's still nothing wrong with pitching some jigs and shiners, some jigs and plastics, and, and hitting those shallow rock points. Um, bobbers bobbers i think are overlooked for walleyes um you know you can you can sit on a school or sit on a pot of fish uh, or work along a weed line until you make contact with an active fish um even if they're in the neutral mode you know a nice juicy leaf hanging down in front of their face uh it's pretty hard hard to resist so i I think bobbers are kind of kind of underlooked uh underutilized um presentation everybody thinks you got to. You got a jigger, you got a rig, but, uh, you know, and, and certainly those areas, those work as well. Okay. Um, so Brainerd Lakes, uh, the Gull Lake chain, the whitefish chain, got uh, wonderful areas to, to work deeper walleyes as they move out in the summertime uh, and transition to their summer hunts, you know, deeper rock structures, um, transition areas from uh, bottom transition areas from, say, uh, rock to gravel to silt or to mud you know those are the things that you want to do and again your electronics are pretty important in uh, determining those areas and nothing wrong with uh with pulling a leech or a crawler harness or just uh in those lakes here where there's a lot of other incidental fish that uh you might not uh want just <laughs> eating up uh two dozen crawlers on you in a in a real short period of time so plastics are, are a big thing and I, again I think those are are Somewhat underutilized for for our fish here, and then when you get into the fall time, that's uh, I think anybody here around the whitefish, the gull team probably up on leech. Malax, um, I'm hearing a little bit of it too. Our um, big chubs, uh, whether they're uh, creek chubs or you can find red tails, and I'm be interested to see what what the prices are on those things this fall. But uh, um, those that's that's rigging and, and jigging. Uh, Big, big chubs, big red tails, uh, deeper water. Again, those fish transition a little bit uh, to a little bit deeper water after the turnover. And, uh man, that's probably your best bet to catching some really big fish. Most of the guys
0: I talk to who are into fishing, it started very young for them. Uh, how about for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I- I'll give you one quick story here. We sure. were on a little family trip uh, running around, and it, there was a... uh there was a place called Trout Air. I think it was a little bit north of Forest Lake area. So my dad decided to stop there, and the trout were so conditioned to seeing a piece of corn that they they very rarely hit the first couple or kernels of corn that you that you put out there. So dad started chumming them, and uh, and as we he figured there was enough fish that he had to pay for. Uh, the family started walking up, but I. Even at an early age, I had uh, had the mantra of one more cast or one more fish, and then I'm ready to go. So as they're walking away, I I chummed about five, six pieces into that pond and threw the next kernel out there with a hook in it, and I think I may have caught the largest trout in the pond, and I'm so happy, and I'm running up to the rest of the family going, look what I caught, look what I caught. My dad turned around and looked, and you know that look that your dad gives you no matter what. You you know you didn't do something wrong. You You know, I mean, you could tell. You know how much that fish is gonna cost me. But uh rather than rather than tell me to put it back and I don't think he could, I think they they made sure that if you if you landed a fish you were gonna pay for it. Um he probably got it out of me in some stores that he made me do later on in uh later on in the week or something. But uh uh something like that is, is has stuck with me for a long time and, and uh you know, the the I you know, my wife and I, Jody, have you know, raised two boys and, and they've grown up Fishing and and hunting, you know, carrying them out in the duck line on your back because of, they don't have waders that small, or or we didn't have a duck boat at the time, and and carrying them out to the places that you that you want to hunt. Um, I'm only hoping that and they're pretty two big, strong boys that they could probably do that to dad at some point. In <laughs> <time too. laughs> when I when I'm too old to, to walk through the the goose slop. but uh, no, it's it, it's been a great thing. I I just love. I love everything there is about fishing. I mean, I could sit in my my barn in the boat and rig rods all day, and and for that one trip, you know, because you got to have everything for any any reason. So um, it's just, it's just a passion. I love talking about it. I love interacting with people, and 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 I I, I spend a little time up at Reed's working a couple of days a week. And uh, when you got some people coming in from a different state and they've never fished the lake or they've never fished a walleye before, you know, um, talking to them and, and having them understand what we do and why we do it. Um, and and actually, a couple of those people have come in the next day, found me, and uh, and said, hey, we caught a couple of walleyes, or I caught my first walleye, or my, my son or daughter caught their first walleye. Um, really, really rewarding. Uh, again, just like uh, the Camp Confidence and fishing has no boundaries. Uh, it's very rewarding. Uh, we've both been fortunate to... Spend a lot of time on the water, and it's, uh, for me, it's very rewarding to, to be able to give back a little bit. So, yeah. that's why we do it. About how many days a week do you hit the water? Oh, God, not, not enough. Uh, <laughs> like I said, we, we do a lot of, uh, fishing, uh, you know, ice out the Memorial, and then, uh, Labor Day to ice out. But in between, my wife is an avid golfer, and we live right, uh, Right in the middle of uh, some some of the best golfing oh, yeah um the the state has to offer too, so we uh we park the boat for a little bit and uh and try to work on the golf game as I get older that's seems to be a little harder every year but uh <laughs> um we we do we do a little bit more golfing than we do fishing um and that's that's okay too just because uh um you know the other traffic i don't want to i don't want to beat on that too much everybody has a chance to use the lakes and and they do and that's what makes their economy thrive around here and that's okay too and and uh but i, I just i work i work days now or at least i have for the last 20, 20 some years and uh when i used to work nights it was a little easier for me to slip out in the middle of the night because i'd be up staring at the ceiling going oh okay i might as well be out fishing then if i'm <laughs> going to be awake so um but uh, yeah, right now it's a it's a little bit. I mean, if there's something going on, or you know, a buddy gives me a call and say, "Hey, got a little thing going on here. Let's go out and spend some time together." That's great too. So yeah. Um,
0: well, it's kind of nice. You live in, you're in a part of your life where you can actually fish and golf. Uh, most most of the time, you know, when you're working, you got to choose one or the other. You don't really have the time for both.
1: That's that's very true. Um and my wife can attest to this, I probably worked way too many hours during the, during the course of my career, and, and but she was great and, and handled the kids and handled the house, and, and I worked, and if I did have some free time, i was probably fixing the tournament down on Mille Lacs throughout the summertime, but uh, no, it, it, takes, uh, it takes a team effort, and she loves to fish as much as she loves to golf, so we nice. kind of at times, okay, what are we going to do today? Heads we go fishing, tails we go golfing, and we just flip a coin and and uh we're not too far from either so it's kind of a nice thing
0: yeah there was a guy i knew uh, for years he would get up in the morning and he'd go out and fish bass for about uh, 2 or 3 hours and then he'd park the boat and then he'd drive over to the golf course and he'd get a uh, 18 holes in and then it was supper time so that was a uh, that's yeah. not a that's not a bad way to go
1: no, that's a perfect day as far as I'm concerned. As, as, as it seems, as I get older, I, I look out. I live right in the middle of the woods here, and uh, I look. I got some big pine trees. If there's, if those big pine trees are moving a little bit, it's probably a golf day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Craig Dickmeyer uh, joining us today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, outstanding angler over in the uh, Brainerd Lakes area, giving us the scoop there. Craig, thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll
1: definitely check in with you later. Hey, Kevin, thanks for the opportunity. It was a ball. Love to do it again sometime. And, uh, and thanks to everybody at Northland Tackle uh, for, uh, for making this all possible. Uh, um, seriously, they got some of the best products on the market that handle everything uh, from panfish to uh, big game fish. So check them out at any of your local sporting goods stores. We're well-stocked throughout the, the lakes area. So, yeah, thanks again, Kevin. I uh, would love to do it again.
0: I think that can be arranged. Later on, we'll check back in with Jason Rylander and talk about the upcoming Lucas Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament and how you can get involved. But right now, it's time for a podcast bonus. Hey, we're checking back in with Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service, and he does a lot of pike and musky fishing in the Mille Lacs area. One of the things, uh, Steve, that's, that's been an issue has been these extremely warm temps for days at a time that I, I think probably affects muskies more than anything else.
3: It does. It has a tendency. You know, the muskies love the heat, Kevin, but like you, you and I were saying before the show, you know, too much is too much, and that's what we're experiencing right now is too much heat, you know, and it makes them a little sluggish and lethargic right now. They, they love the heat, you know, because it increases their body temperature to its fullest potential. So, you know, they can you know track down anything and catch it, no problem. They've got burst speeds in excess of 35 miles an hour. But like you just said, you know, too much is too much. And right now they're they're feeling the effects of big pike and the muskies. A little bit sluggish, a little bit slower biting than usual. But, you know, the cooler weather is going to help out too. So I think we just got to go with it and bear with it a couple more days and we'll be back on track.
0: What are you, are you concerned at all about the uh, overly warm water temps uh, affecting the health of the muskies?
3: You know, the water temperature is going to drive them to deeper water. Kevin, you know, right now they they love the shallows and the bays and everything where there's weed beds, but when the water temperature gives above 78, 79 degrees, which it did the beginning of the year, it drives them into the deeper water. That drives them down, you know, past the thermocline where instead of being 78 degrees surface temperature, you go 10 feet down past the thermocline. It could be, you know, a big difference of 6 degrees to 10 degrees difference, and that sort of helps them out and everything survive with the extreme heat. But once extreme heat leaves and the water temperature leaves, I should say, you know, it goes back to normal, like, you know, in the mid-70s and lower 70s, they'll filter back into the bays and they'll start feeding on the smorgasbord of all the bait fish that are in the weeds and the bays and everything. So it's just a matter, you know, of hanging in there a couple more days. I think we'll be there.
0: Okay. Have you, uh, have you seen many muskies out and about in the last week or so?
3: You know, we have, you know, we're getting a few follows, which is nice. We're getting more hits than anything. I have the same problem I do every year for the last 30 years. I tell everybody, if you feel that little love tap, you know, set the hook. Hook sets are free. We had one group that had four follows and they had four hits, and one of them he had the muskie on for a few seconds and it shook off and everything. You know, so, like, you know, we had our chances. It's just a matter of you got to understand, you know, sometimes that hit from a muskie is a shark attack. 90% of the time, 85% of the time, Kevin, it's a little love tap. You know, like I always say, you know, we can feel things with our fingers. Fish can't, so they grab it with their mouth, and if it's not what they like, they spit it out within a half a second, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, right now, we are seeing some more fish and everything, getting the hits. We just got to get more hooks into the fish.
0: Have you been doing any pike fishing?
3: Have been. It's been a blast. You know, we're catching a lot of the little ones right now, and that's one thing that concerns me. I tell my clients, you know, if we catch more than two, three little fish in one area, we're going to move on because that means the big fish are not on the prowl and everything. You know, it's Mother Nature lets everybody know, you know, it's safe to swim around in this area even though there's big fish or it's not safe. Get the heck out of there. You know, it's the same with animals too. And, uh, you know, I watched a timber wolf walk by my deer stand many years ago, 20 yards away. 20 minutes later, here comes a doe down the same trail. She had her nose down there. She sniffed it, but she knew everything was okay same mm. with fish, you know. So if you catch more than three little pike, it's time to move on to where the big pike are active.
0: How many, I mean,
3: they got a good population of big pike on uh, Mille Lacs? And we do. We have a good population of big pike on Mille Lacs. Like We had a lot more, you know, uh, up until a few years ago. You know, uh, spirit in the wintertime has taken its toll, but we still got a lot of big pike. I mean, you know, my 1,400 pike, we've taken over 20 pounds. I can guarantee you, folks, 1,200 of them were off on Mille Lacs Lake. I have guided people, Kevin, from every state in the union for big pike and just about every country in the world for big pike on Mille Lacs Lake. So it's well known. Mille Lacs Lake also has, I've seen two fish that were at well over, northern pike were well over 50 inches. That's impressive. I know people pay good money, and I used to, too, go into Canada to get them. No more no more need to spend a lot of money going into Canada when you got everything for big pike right here in Minnesota on Mille Lacs Lake.
0: You know you just don't see many lakes in Minnesota that have that kind of pike anymore. Mille Lacs is a is a real rarity.
3: It is it is it's uh, it's one of one in a million you know I know I, I talk go round and round with a couple of the big shots in the DNR and everything. They said, well, the pike population is where it should be. We had an overabundance before. You know, so what if you have a few more, um, few more than you really think is necessary in the lake? The thing is, they're there for a reason in abundance, and how do we know what's normal and what's not normal? I mean, they take their surveys and everything. I understand the DNR does that. But it's also like the walleye survey in September. The water temperature's been higher than normal. They're not getting the walleye surveys, the numbers that they're looking for in the shallow waters in their DNR nets. So obviously things you know, the survey tone is going to be different. Same with the pipe cabin. You know, water, warmer, te- warmer water temperatures and stuff. You know, you're not getting a lot of the big fish in the shells yet in September. So, um, yeah, the big fish are there, just not as many as we used to have and, and we enjoyed. But the numbers are still very good.
0: All right. Um, have you heard from anybody else, uh, bass anglers or walleye anglers? How are they doing?
3: You know, walleye's been okay. I do miss guiding for them. You know, ever since they they had things going, I'm Lake with the walleyes out. I'd average about fifty trips a year. It was fun. Walleyes doing okay. They're in the deeper water. You know, check for them up on the shelves early in the morning. Uh, as soon as the sun comes up, you know, past nine thirty, you know, ten o'clock, they go down to secondary structure because they're light sensitive their eyes, so they're down deeper. Walleyes going okay. Can't complain about that. Lindy rigs with a twelve foot snell, ten to twelve foot snail has been a real hot. Ned crawlers with uh, spinners and bottom bouncers has been working real well. Uh, early in the morning, Kevin, and late in the evening, you control some crankbaits. That's been working out real well around the rock reefs and everything, you know, not next to shore, but the rock reefs, you know, like Anderson's and stuff like that on the south end, Hennepin, Spirit Island, they've all been pretty decent, and Miramar's been pretty good, too. Bass fishing is still a little slow. It's uh, The largemouth bass and the smallmouth bass have been, they're biting, but not near as good and often as they used to. A lot of uh, drop shotting going on right now in the deeper water. Uh, Ranges anywhere from 16 to 22, 24 feet of water has been decent where you'll find the bass. Problem is, there's a lot of heat, and they're being lethargic right now. You can see them on the sonar. They'll sit and look at your bait, but trying to give them a bite once in a while is a little tougher.
0: Okay. Well, if uh, we were going to go out fishing this weekend, uh, what would you suggest we bring with us, and where should we be looking?
3: Oh, good question. I tell you, if I was after muskies, I would be fishing the primary reefs uh, out there, checking the rocks. They've moved out there now a little bit, too. you got a small group. Uh, definitely be fishing the deeper weed beds, anything from 10 feet to 14, 16 feet of water, Kevin, for, for the trophy uh, muskies and for trophy pike. They sit in the same area. Uh, walleye fishing, like I said, I head out to the uh, sand flats or the mud flats out there early in the morning, late in the evening. Uh, I'm going to hold back from bass fishing. I'm going to wait and get things going. Another other thing I love to do is I'd hit one of the small lakes close to Mille Lacs so I can get the panfish going. Some of the smaller lakes are doing okay. A lot of panfish, you know, a lot of sunfish, bluegills, Kevin, three to a pound. Nothing really much bigger this time of year, but three to a pound is good eating. So that's, that would be my theory and what I'm going to do this weekend.
0: All right. Well, Steve, if anybody wants to go fishing on Mille Lacs and discover all the great things there and uh, use Predator Guide Service, how do they go about doing that?
3: I tell you what, just check out my website, folks. I got my home phone number there. It's 320-253-7535. Or call my cell. I keep it on me all the time. 320-333-2941. And check out my website, all one word, prayer dot com. And the very front page, you'll see that one that was well over 50 pounds on there. Might have been the state record. So give me a call. Let's get together. And you're uh, you're going to go look for that thing again, I'm guessing. Well, Kevin, I'm going to go after that 60 inch <laughs> that we were after originally.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah
3: there's a, that's a third big one over 60 inches I've seen on Mille Lacs Lake in the last, uh, let's say, six years. That gives you an idea how big they get. Steve, thank you for your time today. Have a great weekend. My pleasure, Kevin. You have a great weekend as well. You're
0: listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Jason Rylander of North Country Guides is my guest. We're talking about the second annual Lucas Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament. It's coming up uh, two weeks from now. Jason will be involved in it, and he is part of the committee. Um, had a great start to it last year. I, I think it's going to be another good tournament this year.
2: Oh, that tournament was so fun last summer, and I really encourage folks, if, uh, if you've never done a tournament, this is the perfect one to get in because you can fish wherever you want in the three counties, and you can fish on your own schedule. It starts Friday morning, uh, what is it, the 23rd, mm-hmm. and ends Saturday night. So if you want to fish into the night, if you want to sleep in, if you want to take a break at noon and go in and take a nap, you know, or go in and have lunch, it's kind of a fun way to do that. It's not expensive, and the money's going to a great cause. If You might start the tournament fishing walleyes and all of a sudden get into bass, and and all of a sudden switch gears. <laughs> yeah. The fun thing about it is you can, uh, if you're, or if you're out bass fishing, all of a sudden you catch a couple nice walleyes, well, well shoot, maybe we should try to get two or three more of these to see if we can get a little walleye card going.
0: Yeah, and everything is done online, so there's no uh, there's no big gathering or meeting. There's no takeoff times because, like you said, it's at your leisure over 48 hours. All you have to do uh, really is uh, – go to the United Way website page to uh, to get uh, registered or just go to uh, Turny angler um, yep because because you can get registered right there as well
2: yeah it sign ups pretty smooth uh, in fact I've already got signed up for it I can't fish Friday but I got signed up already and uh, we'll be out and about fishing uh, last year my partner and I think shoot I think we ended up we put a lot of miles on I think we fished four or five lakes in the in the two days of the tournament. Caught the fish, had a good time, made a run at it, almost got up there. Was so much fun, so much fun. Just to, I like the I like the fact that you can you set in your own schedule and you're not racing out with a bunch of boats and racing in with a bunch of boats that you have to be in at three o'clock to a certain location or anything like that. It's just ah, let's go in. Batteries are dead. <laughs> my batteries are dead. Let's let's go take a break.
0: Yep, you can check uh check out any lake in Beltrami, Clearwater, or Hubbard counties and uh boy reasonable price too i mean compared to a lot of tournaments
2: oh absolutely i mean yeah, most tournaments are like i think this one on Ottertail here is 350 for the team but for $200 one 100 bucks per per person in your team uh pretty reasonable and the nice thing is i mean that money's going to a great cause helping out the united way which really helps out the community and and what if you're going to donate to them anyway might as well get to go fishing while well, you do it
0: Hey, excellent point. Excellent point. You might come home with a $3,000 check because uh, Walleye Division and Bass Division guaranteed $3,000 for prizes. We've got prizes through 10. We've got uh, big fish uh, uh, prizes for both Walleye and Bass. And we've got the the Legacy uh, uh, prize, which is great. That's for uh, any kid 15 or under, the highest finisher. Uh, They're going to get a lifetime fishing license. What a great prize.
2: Yeah, that's an awesome prize. I think that's the main reason... uh... I think I'm going to be fishing with my son this year because I can only do the one day. I'm going to try to win him that. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty
0: awesome. Uh, yeah, cause that's about a $500 value prize as well. And I think, uh, if it's, it's through what? Registration through Saturday, you are in for the early bird.
2: Early bird, couple of, uh, St. Croix rods that Carl from Timberline donated for us for that. So, uh, yeah, if you get signed up here right away, you can, you might have a new fishing rod to use for the tournament. <laughs>
0: That's right. So there you go. Uh, yeah, they've really um, uh, thanks to the committee who's done a great job of uh, amping it up and uh, and coming up with some good ideas. And I, again, still the the ease of registering online and fishing where you want. That's uh, it's a great option. Um,
2: well, we live in a great community that makes being on a committee like that pretty easy. When you you're walking into these businesses and everybody's willing to donate and help when they when they know that money is going for a good cause, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And in the United Way of the Bemidji area is a great cause. Uh, great people work there. They do great work all the time. And uh, now they have fishing tournaments, which makes them uh, a favorite for a lot of people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> got me excited. It made me want to get involved for sure. I mean, well, a good way, to, good way to promote the sport and a, good, and a good cause for the money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, by the way, um, your tournament tomorrow, uh, how's the pre-fishing better? Are you feeling pretty good right now?
2: Well, we're having no issues catching and finding fish. It's so just, uh, right now they're not the right size, but, uh, okay. we'll come out and give it a whirl and hopefully maybe tomorrow they'll get a little bigger and <laughs> maybe we can do something. But no, it's such a fun lake to fish. Like I said, brought home, cleaned up eight walleyes last night, 16 17 inches for mom, and just All a right. tremendous lake to fish. I've, I've missed three while we've been talking and Dan's caught one. That's how we got.
0: Okay. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty active. I've
2: had, yeah, I've had three up to the boat with my jig wrap here while we've been chatting.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that's, uh, yeah, for uh, for walleyes in July, uh, that's pretty active.
2: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. None of them, you didn't hear me get too excited because none of them were very big. <laughs> okay. Hey,
0: Jason, if uh, somebody wants to use your services uh, to discover some nice lakes and some nice fishing techniques here in Paul Bunyan Country through North Country Guide Service, how do they go about doing that?
2: You can find us at NorthCountryGuides.com, dot com, or feel free just to give me a shout on my cell phone. That's two one eight seven
0: six six seven seven eight one. He's Jason Rylander. He's a fishing star, and he I haven't heard him sing lately, but uh, he's a pretty good singer, if I recall, from a couple of years ago.
2: <laughs> well, if you if you hire my services in the fishing flow, I got it. I'll entertain you some way or another.
0: Excellent. I uh, I you know what? Uh, people better take you up on that. Hey, <laughs> Jason, thanks for your time today. Good luck tomorrow. Hey, thank you, Kev.
2: Good to talk to you.
0: Well, the weekend is here. It's time to get out and do some fishing. So, what are you waiting for? I want to remind you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever you want to. You can do that at podcast1 or on the Pod MN app, which also gets you access to hundreds of other Minnesota-based podcasts. And, of course, one of the great things about subscribing to the podcast, you often get bonus coverage. Sometimes more of the interviews we're doing, sometimes an additional interview. And, in fact, on today's podcast version, it'll be an additional interview. Steve Sapaniak from Predator Guide Service is going to talk about big pike and muskies on Mille Lacs. Check it out on the podcast.
1: F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Bob Bunyan Country.